The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. I am Vic Jaramie, if you're just tuning in, the host of The Blunt Post with Vic, with my co-host and co-producer, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. Happy Monday, Vic. How are you, man? I am well. Lots going on. Got a great interview today and um, a lot of things in the news to talk about. You know, first, I just want to, this is really important and we don't talk about it much. Just want to say I have so much respect for Senator John uh, Fetterman from Pennsylvania uh, for having the courage to take time and to seek help for clinical depression. Uh, It's so important on so many levels. One, you know, it just takes away the stigma of depression, of mental mental illness uh, altogether to see um, someone of his stature to openly and proudly seek help. It sends a really good and positive message to the rest of us. Uh, so I just I, I'm just really, uh, you know, I mean, all the best to him and all the respect to him for having done that. Yeah, specifically after the the run we had uh, with the COVID-19 mental health and issues relating to mental health seemed to be a little more mainstream. And and I was surprised about a year ago, professional athletes, uh, it seemed like, and I'm not saying that this is the first time that professional athletes have struggled with mental health and, and whatnot, but about a year ago, maybe a year and a half, professional athletes started coming out and divulging some of their uh, issues with mental health. Um, during the Olympics, um, a very prominent gymnast came out and uh, talked about her struggles with mental health. Uh, one of the best tennis players in the world talked about her struggles with mental health. And Michael Phelps, the swimmer, he's, he's talked about it. Michael Phelps and, uh, you know, a couple NBA players, uh, Kevin Love. Um, and I, I only use these people as examples as you're using the uh, Pennsylvania congressman uh, as an example, uh, because it does help move the conversation when these people that we we almost look at them like superheroes, at least for me. You know, when I think of professional athletes, I think of people I've looked up to since I was a little kid and stuff. And and when that barrier is kind of moved aside and we can see that anyone, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, you know, we're, we're all susceptible to, mm-hmm. to some of the same things. And um, I know I really- do too. I look at athletes as invincible. I mean, they'll get Michael Phelps and think, wow, you know, what more could someone want? But just goes to show you that it's not about that. Same thing with Prince Harry. I have a lot of respect for him because those are the athlete sort of um, athletes, the one, you know, celebrity athletes, but then we also have someone that's royalty. And one would think, you know, you don't think depression as, as mental illness, you think, well, what, what, what can you possibly be sad about? But it's not about that. So I think Prince Harry also made it very okay for people to talk about um, uh, mental health and um, depression. Uh, yeah. And, and one, 
can have mental health issues, just reading about Donald Trump, <laughs> which is the next thing I want to talk about, this this revelation in a lawsuit, the, the lawsuit that was brought upon or brought on by Dominion. Uh, it's, a, it's a company that makes voting machines mm-hmm. that's suing Fox News uh, for uh, defamation. And uh, what's important in it, what came out is that Fox News staff at the highest level, executives, producers, anchors, reporters, whatnot, none of them bought Donald Trump's claims of voter fraud. And they joked about it amongst themselves privately. And yet uh, on air, they followed that, uh, narr- you know, that narration, that, uh, you know, the, the claim. It, it's sort of a bizarre thing that... Uh, Internally, they all know it's BS, but then they get on air and just follow this this absurd story that Donald Trump um, told us, and of course, escalated and escalated to January sixth. Yeah, it's the the lawsuit is very detailed in terms of who said what and all of that. Uh, it's it's a it's a massive Pandora's box. I mean, it's not like we didn't know, but now it's like on paper. Yeah, exactly. Um, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, even the civilian population who were crying fraud didn't believe it. It was a farce notion from the beginning. It makes absolutely no sense. And this is no surprise. Uh, I've I've always felt this in my heart. <laughs> They're even not even uh, relating to, to voting issues or voting fraud issues. Um, I think they say a lot of crap that they don't believe themselves, because when you're someone has given you money, you will run with whatever narrative they want you to run, run with. Uh, it almost feels scripted. Well, news in quotes, you know, news. Yes. Uh... You remember when we used to think reality TV was real? <laughs> now, I, I know I did. I watched Laguna Beach and I thought, yeah. I thought Laguna Beach, I said, these high school kids, they're really dealing with drama. How did, how did they get these camera angles? How did, but then you then you get older, you get wise, and you realize it's fake. It was scripted. This this is none of this is real, and that's that's what I feel about uh, that particular news organization. They just they say things to say things. The, the, produce, I, I, I the producers have as, more power. I see them as the public relations uh, department of the Republican Party, at least the far right Republican Party, um, <laughs> which which we now have a another another candidate that's going to be going against Donald Trump and whoever else, right? Nikki Haley? Yeah, so um, Nikki Haley, she she declared it's official. She will be running for that Republican nomination. And um, she's already kind of stirred the pot. It's probably going to be between her, Trump, and DeSantis. And she's kind of going at DeSantis now. She, uh, the the controversial bill in Florida that DeSantis was uh, pushing, and they were calling it the don't say gay bill. And Nikki Haley, that actually didn't go far enough. She is saying that third grade is not the cutoff point. She she cites uh, sex education classes not taking place until seventh grade. How uh, when she was a child going to school, how her parents actually had to sign a permission slip for her to take a sex education class. So her her whole point is that 
the cutoff at third grade is is not far enough and she wants to essentially raise the the don't say gay narrative in public schools now here's the thing like i'm actually i'm happy when women uh become candidates because we need more women in politics we need more diversity in politics so that said and i understand why she would declare her candidacy and immediately uh pick on something having to do with florida because the santas is sort of seen as uh the front runner if you will so she's trying to assert herself but if you take yourself sort of out of that and look at the big picture how sad that with everything that's happening with everything that's not facing the nation now but is going to be in the next 10 years 15 years all the challenges from uh from national security to the economy um to uh, i mean you name it right that that's what she would first talk about <laughs> you know and regardless of how you feel about it so you know whether you think it's it's a it's a good bill or it's not a good bill. That's not the point. The point is, are we really going to talk about this first? <laughs> I mean, aren't there more pressing issues to discuss? Yeah, I think that just uh, again, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things that's also easy to manipulate people with because uh, people who are for the so-called uh, "don't say gay" bill. Their emotions are just rattled easily if you talk about that. So she's sort of tapping into that. It's very Trumpism or Trumpian, if you will, in that sense. But come on, uh, Nikki Haley, you can talk about uh, more, much more important uh, matters first um, before that, whatever your view is on, on that matter. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. The economy, foreign relations immigration yeah, <laughs> let's just talk about a a single bill in florida um but well unfortunately this issue was a pretty big deal last year in the media with uh desantis and, and florida and stuff and sometimes the the priorities of the media uh even seems to be a little out of line but oh, a lot of times a lot of times you know media wants to cover what's uh, sensational and what's uh, going to get the ratings, not necessarily things with uh, meat and potatoes. If that was the case, we'd all be watching C-SPAN, right? Hey, so Vic, everyone listening, sometimes we have a segment called Say What? And I think this morning, it feels like a Say What morning. Oh, yeah. Say what? 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 What the hell? I've been sitting on this because when a, an, an elected official or city or police department or whatnot doesn't do the right thing, you want to give them some time. You want to maybe call them out on it, talk about it, write them, call them, email them, etc., and uh, give them time to respond. But uh, that hasn't happened in this one, and I'll tell you what I'm talking about. So. This is really about the city of Beverly Hills, the mayor of Beverly Hills, uh, Lily Bossy, and the Beverly Hills Police Department. So uh, about a week or so ago, there was going to be a demonstration by the Armenian American co uh, community on Wilshire Boulevard uh, in front of the Azerbaijani consulate. Demonstration against Azerbaijan's genocidal blockade of uh, the Republic of Artsakh 
where they are starving and freezing to death. 120,000 Armenians. Uh, now it's uh, it's been over two months, literally. And and regardless of what all the international uh, organizations and communities and world leaders have said, uh, Azerbaijan and, and its president, Aliyev, refused to lift the blockade. So there was going to be a demonstration in Beverly Hills. But right before it, all these flyers showed up all over Beverly Hills, uh, very uh, anti-Armenian, racist, armenophobic flyers that called basically for the genocide of Armenians, saying we're going to wipe Armenia off the map. So, you know, this showed up everywhere. And, and things like this have happened before. And so I thought, okay, well, let's see what Beverly Hills is going to do, you know, or say. There was no statements, nothing on their website from city council, the city, anything like that. The only thing we could find, and uh, I was sort of, talking to a few people was we could we just found the mayor of Beverly Hills, Lily Bossy, wrote a tweet, a very short tweet, where uh, this is this is what she says. And I and I quote, hate has no place in Beverly Hills or anywhere. So you would say, well, what's wrong with that? That's true. I hope that, you know, hate has no place in Beverly Hills or anywhere else. However, Armenian Americans uh, who live, work, uh, play, shop in Beverly Hills are being targeted. This is a threat. And these flyers are all over your city. A single tweet that doesn't even say anything like uh, hate toward Armenians or at the end say something like, and we support the Armenian community or we stand with the Armenian community community in solidarity or something like that. So you're, so Mayor Bossi's text or uh, tweet didn't even include the word, <laughs> you know, like supporting Armenians or anything like that. I just thought it was so dismissive, you know, and I always try to compare oranges with oranges and apples with apples. So Having seen this happen before to other communities, even as a gay man, I've seen this against uh, LGBTQ. And I know how City of Beverly Hills responded to those. But I went back and looked at them again. And it's the double standard is astounding as to the dismissiveness uh, now that it's actually happened to the Armenians. You know, in cases of other communities, <laughs> you've had every elected official and organization and everyone has come out and made a statement and rightfully so but this is all mayor bossy could say i wrote her a letter and i followed up haven't gotten a response i left her a message didn't get a response so emails and calls and nothing like that so then you know city of beverly hills tweeted that they're or, you know investigating this and they came back and tweeted the result of their investigation and i quote Although offensive and insensitive, it has been determined that the flyers fall within the protection of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Now, I've broken this down and I've talked to a couple of lawyers. And let me tell you, my first problem with this is calling it offensive and insensitive <laughs> when it's an actual threat of genocide and mass murder. Really? offensive and insensitive don't you think you're sort of under like you're just not taking this seriously so 
I thought about it this and said, hmm, can this really be uh, protected by the First Amendment? Well, I talked to a couple of uh, attorney friends and they both said the same thing. They said it is not uh, a matter of free speech or protected by the First Amendment because they were posted right before a rally that the Armenian community had publicly organized. So this was a proactive threat against the Armenian community. Also, in addition to the fact that right now a genocide is being committed against Armenians by Azerbaijan, it's a double whammy that the police department would claim that this is uh, free speech, right? So sorry, Beverly Hills Police, but you're wrong. And you should be ashamed. And Mayor Bossy, you should be ashamed for um, your lack of care, your apathy, uh, not responding to emails and calls. Uh, it's it's embarrassing for the for the city of Beverly Hills. You know, I, I just don't know what to say. This is a city that years ago I used to work. Um, I have played there. I have I've never lived there, but I played there. I've worked there. I've uh, shopped and etc. And it's uh it's just it's just not a good look for Beverly Hills. There we have it. Let's get blunt. I just want to mention that tweet. There's no no place for hate. Was what was is that what it says? It's she said hate has no place in Beverly Hills or anywhere. That was it. Huh. Yeah. Well, generic. Just generic. She might as well tweet out uh you need water to live. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Yes, we know this. It's pathetic. I hope she gets back to you. I hope the city gets back to you. The Armenian I doubt it. I doubt community, it. the Armenian community deserves an explanation. The city deserves an explanation. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to take a short break before we listen to my interview with uh, California State Commissioner Sam Kabushian. Uh, who has a lot of uh, exciting updates about Mayor Karen Bass's transition team. So we will uh, be right back. The Blunt Post with Vic. This is Jackson Brown. I've been listening to KPFK since I was a teenager. Then and now, KPFK has been a lifeline to vital information without which we would be at the mercy of corporate media and commercial interests that control it. There are so many programs that I've listened to regularly and so many instances when I've come upon the unexpected, the unknown, and the sublime. Join me and become a member today at kpfk.org. Now more than ever before, it's essential to keep supporting KPFK and the free exchange of ideas and cultural viewpoints that foster our democracy. And the number, which is the only number I know, actually by heart, 818-985-5735. KPFK. I came for inspiration. I came looking for truth. The Blunt Post with Vic. California State Commissioner Sam Kabushian has been a longtime public servant, labor union, and community organizer and was recently chosen to be on LA Mayor Karen Bass's transition team. He's a product of the public school system, having attended LA Valley College, where he was the president of the Associated Student Union. He went on to get his bachelor's degree from Cal State LA and his MBA from Northwestern University. 
Good morning, uh, Commissioner Sam Kabushian. Uh, thank you for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Good morning, Vic. Uh, all is good. Excellent. Uh, is it okay if I uh, call you Sam going forward? Be my guest. Absolutely. I think that's easy. All right. I appreciate and it. Easy and short. Thank you. So um, let's just get right to it. You, you know, you're a super busy guy. You've been, <clears throat> you're one of the few people handpicked by Mayor Karen Bass to be on her uh, transitional team. Uh, and uh, it's still very new. So how is that going? Uh, that's going very, very good, actually. It's, 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 it's one of those things that I've been involved in many, many similar works you know, on different levels. But uh, this one is very uh, important given the fact that we're going through crises and it's everywhere, uh, not just in our city or state, but it's a national issue, which is the homelessness. So it's going really well. You know, I'm on the you know business development committee. Uh, we're, we're, obviously, it's a, it, we have the team of people. There's over 100 people. Uh, that I have 100, uh, I don't know exactly because they added some more from different sectors of the industry as well as community. So uh, we're going through the crisis as we speak and, and our mayor, you know, has tapped our shoulders and there's many great people on the advisory transition board. We're trying to really embrace her, support her, and also encourage uh, civic engagement and civic participation by our community. So we really are looking and encouraging people to get involved with the mayor and obviously, get, you know, get on boards, get on commissions, as well as get a get a job with the mayor, mayor's administration. So we're really, from all ends, we're, we're embracing the mayor's support to uh, make sure that we collectively can work together to make our city a great place in the coming because it's really at certain crossroads that it's unbearable to even say, but our city's crumbling. So this is one of those things that the transition team is really trying to support. And it's not a one person job. We all know that we want to make sure that we individually pitch in our fair share of uh, commitment and our work to make sure that is our city's going be a better place in the coming years. So that's the really the ultimate decision-making body of advisory. We're helping from all ends. Well, it, it also, it shows, I mean, uh, the mayor and your team have uh, really aggressively gone after uh, the, the issues, the most pressing items that were on her list when she was campaigning, uh, especially in um, tackling the unhoused in LA County, so uh, yeah, it definitely shows that you've you've just sort of taken the bull by the horn, if you will. Um, I was going to ask you a, a, a question about just general public office, but you know, you did answer one of my questions already, partly, which was, uh, you know, what what are you guys working on in the mayor's office currently? What are your priorities? If you want to elaborate a little bit on that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on the business committee that I've chose to be in my engagement with small business owners as as well as bringing business people and policies together for future as well as uh, that's just one section. But overall, the big picture has been in the news, I think, daily, uh, consistently. Obviously, the mayor is putting her team together, meaning their executive, uh, you know, her executive team together as we go on. And every every other day, you probably would 
here's something, a press release, so-and-so was added to the dep to be a deputy or to, was added to, you know, uh, had a new department. But I think the central platform here is simple. I mean, the problem is simple. It's a national issue, which is the homelessness. And uh, Mayor Abbas uh, has done a great job, has locked arms with uh, state, county, uh, you know, uh, government entities, you know, even national, to bring everyone together to solve the issue of homelessness and housing. And, and it's been an epidemic at a certain time where the world has crumbled, especially after what took place with the, with the COVID crisis. Uh, you know, it's, it's very important that we have a, a solid, firm solution uh, for uh, housing the unhoused, uh, the, the homeless who've been, uh, you know, on the streets. And, and this is major epidemic crises, you know. Uh, oh, and uh, Mayor Bass and her team has been really focused on that. And that was her, she was campaigning on that. And she's done a great job thus far bringing, in, you know, bringing players into the, uh, into the city and into the, you know, organizing the issue of homelessness, the issue of housing, shortage of housing, uh, you know. And, and it's been crazy because of COVID, because of evictions. You know, so many, you know, economically less fortunate families have fallen through the cracks. You know, we've seen major events rise as, as COVID closed in, in in early part of 2020. Homelessness was brewing, uh, you know, drug use, mental mental inca uh, incapacity. You know, it was on the streets. It was in front of our, our eyes. I mean, we witnessed this as, we, as the years dwindled. And this is a major issue that she's trying to tackle, I think. And, and this will bring about the future because... Uh, when we talk about future, we're talking about public safety, we talk about economic development, but, you know, this is at the center. We have to solve this one big challenge that is on the table for all Angelinos, not just not just individual, you know, my side of town, your side of town, you know, not in my backyard, not, not that. We're, it's a collective issue. We have to solve it. It's like a big family issue. We have a big family. We have problems and no one's perfect. We got to figure this out. And I think she's done a great job and she's building a good team right now as we talk that's going to tackle this. And although I know individually the transition team members are all are on different committees or subcommittees, but they're collectively working toward one goal, making sure that everything goes step by step and we solve the problems as we as 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 we move forward, because there is no there is no sort of a substitute for this specific recipe. There is no. And we need to tackle this as we speak. And Mayor Bass has been really focused her entire energy on this, which is very, very productive thus far, because she's locking in partnership and bringing about all the stakeholders into this. The state has made a major commitment. The, uh, the, the counties have made a ma major commitment to boost as well as uh, finance and uh, you know, elaborate on bringing about support as well as the national. It's, it's a national issue. Homelessness, you know, uh, mental illness, you know, people on streets, drugs, uh, you know, you name it. And, and there's a lot of victims falling through the cracks. And we need to somehow find solutions to this. We cannot just rubber stamp it. And we know that. You cannot just throw money at problems. You have to actually go down and fix it. So that's yeah. sort of been on our agenda. Yeah. And hence the the declaring a national emergency and as you said uh you guys your team has gotten great support from uh local regional and uh national levels from uh council members unanimously voting 
for her initiatives to LA County Board of Supervisors, the state, and also federal government. Yes, uh, it's always good to have that kind of a that kind of backing in uh, general. If you're just joining us, this is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK ninety point seven FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Commissioner Sam Kabushian. Transitioning to uh, talking about you know, labor unions, uh, Mayor Bass is, a, is big on labor union, as are you. You've been a, um, a union organizer in the past. And uh, you know, I'm happy to say in the last few years, we've seen some uh, advancement and progress with the labor unions in elections and such. Um, you know, they've done well. Uh, are you hopeful about the future of unions? Oh, absolutely, I am. I am because I think it's very important. You know, I started as a labor union organizer way back when. Uh, you know, I, then I, you know, I think that often there's a group of people that would think that it's irrelevant we talk about labor unions. But I think, look, you know, if you want to have a great society, if you want to have people who are on same level competing competitively and they're installed, have a fair chance at, at earning their wages according to in you know according to the consumer price index you know movement and you know as i said as i my grandmother we said life doesn't get cheap it gets expensive as we live anywhere in the part of the world so in this case labor unions play a major role and i think they're central because look my mother was a, was a union union member way back when with teachers she was a public school teacher uh you know she benefited from many things that many many didn't at the time because unions were always being uh, sidelined, were being silenced. My mother was was fortunate enough to be a member of a union, LA Teachers Union, and benefit from all that she could because she raised three boys, she did her fair share, she paid her taxes, and she, you know she was a good citizen. But imagine if there was no unions. Imagine her retirement, you know, the, the negotiations for her future. And so many things would have been sort of, you know, taken in advantage by the employer because we understand the economies of scale. We understand. But, you know, great societies, great societies and cities are built with equal commitment and participation, whether you are, you know, bourgeois class or, you know, you are, you know, you are ruling class or you are just a peasant. But in, the, in our case, it's, it's very important. Unions play a central role in development of U.S. I mean, going back in time, too, from, you know, you had the, the international brotherhoods moving products. You had, you know, you know, local carpenters. You had all these unions play a central role in building our city, you know, in our, our economies. They're, every every element of their contributions to the development of a world where we're competing to be number one, you need to have skill set. You need to have equal pay, uh, equality, because there's no otherwise. I mean, let's just be frank. I mean, we live in, what, 2023. We've seen enough in developed world, in industrial world, throughout the world and different economies, how they have some succeeded and some have failed. And I'm not even going to talk. So unions are central to our future. I think it's, it's, it's I tell this, my wife, is part of the union uh, and it's very important because when she goes out to meetings she's she's engaged it brings out so much greatness of talking about individual human capital because that's what it is really about it's about individual human capital and their contributions to the labor force so this is central and i think they will be around for a long time to come because 
uh, humans have evolved and they know that individually they would be sidelines, they, they will be sidelined or they would be taken for granted, but collectively, you know, they can make their voice heard. So I absolutely think, and look what's happening with Starbucks. And I, I know Starbucks been in the news and, and it's very important. And, and I know they're, they're great people, but look, everyone gets up at 5 a.m. to, you know, make a coffee for, for you and me. But you have to understand this person also has a family, has someone to care for. So it's the unions, I think, are central to our future. Yeah. Whether you, I mean, it has to change at some point, I mean, technologically, but without unions, I don't think we can build great cities, great communities. Yeah, I'm glad you brought Starbucks up because they are they're one of the ones that have had some advancements and also Amazon. I'm I'm happy to see some yes. uh, movement there. Uh yeah, I totally agree. You know, the old slogan is true. Work union, live better. True. Um if you're just joining us, this is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Commissioner Sam Kabushian. And so speaking of elections and unions and, and such, so, you know, you're no stranger to public office. Uh, you are obviously a, a state of California commissioner and you ran for L.A. City Council about 10 years ago. What do you think about holding office in 2023? I mean, you know, it's just um, so for some people, it's a lot to digest. Just your general perspective on, you know, people who uh, who want to serve the public and, and uh, you know, hold office. I think, oh, absolutely. Great question. I mean, I think I kept on thinking about this and I want to make a humor out of it. You know, there's something called serving the public and servicing the public. So it's two different notions. But in 2023, with, you know, advent of technology and social media and and, uh, civic minded participation, and it's challenging, I would say, because the average constituent has awakened. And now that average constituent has direct pipeline to the city hall through the advent of technology, through TikTok, through YouTube, through pe- people being individual journalism that are out there and actively participating. Whether it's a it's a it's a it's a central issue, whether it's the increase in DWT prices, whatever the situation may be, I think we are coming at the age of at edge of time that you know the you know ancient. You know, you know, in antiquity, people would have thought differently, you know, because the democracy was compromised of 500 people, you know, in ancient Greece. But in this case is that that sort of democracy, I think, is coming back because now we have tools that you can go out there and, and get on a live and share that with your neighbors. One person can go to an event, but share it with everybody. Someone can can actively engage in engage in a conversation or in a in a in a in a meeting with a, an elected official. Yet share that with thousands and millions of people. I think it's great time to be in public office because no one can be idle. Everyone can can be held accountable. Whether you are the police that going out there doing crazy things, and you see in the news they're doing unethical, illegal things. Whether you are the police, because you know no one is. Often people lose their moral compass, and we know that. That's one. If it's your his or she's elected in office, she can be he can be held accountable because now everything is recorded. Now everything is in the digital world. Nothing is missed. And thankfully, in our democracy, there's no secrets. 
because we have the use of technology and activism. And I think we have awakened a new generation of, of leaders as well as activists, progressives that are out there, you know, are not and are not intimidated by the old guard, by by these, you know, men in tie or women in suits. You know, they're not intimidated. They're out there demanding answers. And we've witnessed this in the past election cycle that if you don't change, we will fail. We have to change and we have to collectively work and be held accountable, I think. Hey, I have three kids, you know, I'm held accountable by my kids. They tell me, you know, you, you said Saturday we're going to the park. How come how come we're not we're at home? So same thing with elected officials, same thing with managers, same thing with organizers, same thing with I don't know, servers, uh, chefs, same thing with journalists. We expect to keep you in high places because we vested our trust. And in, in you, like you are, Vic, you're a journalist, you're an investigative journalist. I expect a lot from you because you have chosen that field of work. So same thing with uh, electeds and, and the new wave of uh, electeds that came into office. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to their notion of, of engagement. And I love the fact that they report on everything. They get up there with the TikTok. They get up there with, uh, you know, uh, YouTube, uh, you know, uh, and then one other thing, which a, a, a council member from the other side of the neighborhood the other day was, she was doing something which I thought cool. City Hall 101. That thrilled my mind. It's like she's saying, she's reporting to her followers, her constituents, like the, there, there's so much, so much out there, especially, you know, in high talk, you know, when you have certain sort of phrases, but average person does not know how those phrases are sort of assembled and right. what it means and what they deal with. And she was out there doing the city hall one-on-one like, for like two minutes, which I thought was thrilling because you're educating your average individual stakeholder in our society, how to understand and interpret the work of city hall and, and electeds, you know, resolutions from ordinances, motions. You know what I mean? It's very Even important. Those of us that are, you know, supposedly savvy or been there done that you know sometimes need a refresher or we need to sort of get updated on on newer terms or newer uh procedures and such so i think that's just the it makes so much sense it's such a great idea to not take things for granted and um really take them you know go back to square one let people know what it is that you know politicians elected officials do so yeah i, I do think that's a that's a great idea this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with California State Commissioner Sam Kabushian. I was going to ask you, I, you know, we're barely past the elections, the 2022 November elections. And I was, uh, I was at the gym yesterday and I saw on the TV, it says the road to 2024. And I thought, wow. They don't even give us like six months to rest. We're already talking about uh, 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 2024. But but before we get to that, I want to ask you this: so the the 2022 election, which I think it was it was truly one of the most important elections for LA for LA County, Greater LA. Um, we say that a lot about uh, national elections, but this last one was a big one for um, Los Angeles County. What is, um, you know, what's your perspective or take on where things landed in November? I honestly, I think that in 2020, 
two, and obviously we are preparing the midterm elections were very, very important. I thank you all of us, as well as, you know, locally, as well as nationally. And I, I honestly think that I know there's no, there's no, you know, there's no crying in baseball and sort of, well, I understand all that stuff, but, you know, we are obligated by our sort of social contract or, you know, our constitution, we have to be actively, you know, in, involving ourselves in, in, in campaigns as well as in, in elections and, you know, casting our votes. So one of the things that I want to, I want to be able to uh, share with you is that, you know, elections are very important to all of us. That one thing is, especially it doesn't matter which side you're choosing, which horse you're betting on or, going out doesn't really matter our goal is you know to simply get out there and vote but i think it's important because in my perspective because the world has changed and because we had covid we, we had ukraine we had uh, you know caucus armenia uh, azerbaijan issue we have uh, ukraine issue we have middle east we have covid we have earthquakes i mean global events are taking place that have i think stirred activism in people you know, and there's so many things that are being sort of hidden from the public for many years. Now that technology has been installed in all of these places, now we see the issue of George Floyd, which is, you know, the, the murder of George Floyd. We see issues from one end, you know, where uh, people being mistreated at factories next door. Uh, we see inequality at workplace. So issues are rising and rising, and elections are going to be central to this because imagine that, we need to elect individuals who reconcile their interests and values with our, with our society. And I know, you know, uh, I'm a Democrat. Everybody knows that. Uh, but I have my own certain set of rules and values that I abide by. And there's, you know, obviously people have the opposite side of that, which is, I think, is, is also important to all of us. But elections really are the engine and the mechanism. And that's so mechanics of what we have here in the U.S., I think fair elections and, um, and knowing that every vote counts i think it's central and uh in addition to that uh, i wanted to add one other thing is that we don't have revolutions you know nowadays especially here in us i know what one of my political science professors which i have good friends used to say that our revolutions happen you know at the polls so that's the answer to uh sort of the question the reason is that we're going to have more actively involved people because the new generation that is out there with you know would uh, sort of equipped with the technology and they're going to demand more because they're more educated they have more access to resources they have more access to information which is central to having you know engagement and civic participation so yes elections are going to get uh more uh more engaged, uh, more people will vote because now we have absentee voting from homes, the convenience that was brought to us by the COVID. We have more states accepting that. And the distant sort of, the distant, distant democracy is, is at play. We're all actively involved. I remember used to do the whole interview in a, in a, in a studio not too long ago. Now we do this yeah. <laughs> from far away, but yet we still achieve the same sort of consensus or same hypothesis, whatever you want to call it, but it's the same. We're sharing information from a distant yeah. platforms, but yet we're achieving same sort of results. We're sharing information. We're empowering our listeners. We're, we're giving them up-to-date information. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. 
I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with California State Commissioner Sam Kabushian. Well, I was going to ask you what your thoughts are uh, thoughts are for the 2024 elections, but uh, you, you've pretty much answered it. It seems like you are very hopeful and positive about, uh, you know, technology and just the times and people's awareness have all sort of helped for us to have uh, better results, whatever that may be, at least more active and engaged voters. Does that sound right? Absolutely, and I, and, and I didn't want to I didn't want to take too much time, but I was sort of going there, which is perfect. And you just read my mind. But you know, the future is is simple. You know, twenty twenty four is going to be crazy. I think because in a good way. Because look, we have a national presidential election year twenty twenty. You have many here in Los Angeles. You have various uh, local uh, statewide elections. You know, here in, in California, and then obviously in other states too. There's much. There's going to be competitions everywhere. But I think the, the the very important thing is that I think more people will be involved in 2024. We already had an issue going back to 2020. We had an issue in 2022 with midterms, and it proved people have awakened. There were people who were hypnotized. You know, we witnessed January 6. I mean, some people thought, you know, the Republic was going to fall, but it doesn't work that way. It works having revolutions at the polls. And obviously there was issues. I understand. I respect. I'm glad that we have, you know, oversight. We have installed uh, individual and as well as independent and as well as government entities who are going to monitor the elections and make sure that we're not sabotaged by foreign powers. We're not sabotaged by local uh, you know, powers that are doing unethical things, you know, no ballot harvesting, all of that stuff has to be obviously at the center of 2024. But I think we're going to have a good turnout on national scale as well as local because it is a presidential year. So there's going to be much activism in, in local elections. That's just the way it is kind of been for quite some time. When you have presidential year, you have a midterm year, it seems a lot of people get out and vote. So it's going to be pretty much a full house, I think, when it comes to a lot of people are going to walk to the polls. And it's going to be very important that uh, the 2024 will be will be a good year for, uh, you know, for 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 people powered politics. I agree. If you're just joining us, this is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Commissioner Sam Kabushian. So, Sam, one last question. Uh, any plans for you to run for office again? You know, that's, that's a good question. But in, in politics, there's an old saying, right? Never say never. You know, it's a good question. Uh, I have three kids. You know, oldest one, Maria, is 14. You know, David is 11. And I have a little munchkin, Bella, who's three. And, you know, they, they keep me pretty busy. But, you know, my love and my commitment to my city is at the top of my list because... Every individual chisels his or her character in life. They they search, you know, for their identity. Then they illuminate it. So I've done all this, you know, all, all the searching and all the building and and you know, never say never, Vic. To be honest with you, I, I don't know any current or past issues, but it's dear to my heart. I mean, we have a we live in a city of 
of mosaic of culture, perhaps, you know, it's, it's everyone, you know, in a given five mile radius, over 60 languages are spoken. People congregate in, in, in their religious, you know, corners of the city. They share common food, share culture, you know. You know, my grandmother was French born, and she used to say that, you know, a very cultured, she used to say that in Los Angeles, you don't travel the world, the world comes to you. And, and you, in a very short period of time, you can go from one side of the world to, to the other side, from, you know, Silver Lake to, which is very gentrified, very hip. You could go to K-Town, which is Koreatown, a little Armenia. You know, you have the, you have Thai Town, you have historic, I mean, then it just list goes on. List goes on, 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 I mean, throughout the city. That's how diverse we are. And, 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 and we have issues that change according to time, according to individual sort of engagement and the individual taste, individual values. So absolutely, I mean, never say never, you know, that should sort of kind of, well, you know. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> That's good news, uh, especially to uh, those of us who are progressive. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Victor Rami, and you are listening to my interview with Commissioner Sam Kabushian. Is there any, is there a question I should have asked that I missed, or is there something you'd like to add? I mean, you kind of covered everything because I think, you know, knowing you for over the years and following your, you know, with, with your work, and, you know, I have no doubt you've kind of put everything together. One of the questions is that I thought should have been, you know, there. I think you, I kind of didn't didn't expect that I won't be there. Is that what is the the pool of the homeless individuals on our streets? It's over seventy thousand, and it's horrible because you know we need this is a central crisis problem. That's the one thing that I wanted to really answer, and I think I missed it on my end because. But that's it. You know, I want to tell you there's a lot of issues on the streets. There's a lot of things taking place that is brutal, it's unfair, it's unethical, and, and, and that's why I think I'm fully engaged and, and ready to help to solve the issue of homelessness along with our great mayor, you know, who's been on on job from day one as she's hit the ground, she's solving problems, you know, locking arms with all the entities and making sure uh, that we have results soon and so we can, you know, house these individuals and, and also provide medical care because there's a lot of people on the streets. There's a lot of mental illness and, and drug abuse and, and domestic violence, you name it. So, uh, but it's going to come there, you know, and we're working toward that and I'm, and I'm grateful for uh, doing my part. Well, thank you for uh, taking time for the interview. Uh, good luck with, uh, with the uh, team, uh, Mayor Bass and, uh, I hope to uh, chat with you again, sir. Absolutely, Vic. Thank you for having me on the show. And and always, you know, appreciate your two cents and work you that serve the public yourself. Thanks, Sam. Have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was my interview with Commissioner Sam Kabushian. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning and giving us uh, all the, the great updates and news from uh, the exciting world of L.A. City Hall. And uh, we hope to chat with you again soon. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible. And KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. 
Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.